be starting a brand new series today that we are calling Closer. We're starting this series as we head into the new year, and we're going to start by, we're just going to jump right into this. We're going to start today by reading one verse from the book of Joel, chapter 2, and verse 28. We're going to read more of Joel chapter 2 as we go on, but we're going to, we're going to start with this one verse in Joel chapter 2. Here's what it says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. It says, then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions i'm calling this message this morning then after father for the next few moments i ask that you would give me the mind of christ god i ask that you would anoint these words that i'm about to say because god if you don't anoint them they will fall flat they will be pointless but god if you would anoint these words they have the power to change lives and so, God, I just surrender to you today, and I thank you, Lord. I just help me, God, deliver this message that you have given me, because I believe this is a, an important, pivotal message as we head into next year, 2022. So I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. This passage here in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 is a popular one. You might have heard it before in the sense that Peter preaches this very passage to the people on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. What a promise from God. The promise for God to pour out his spirit on all people. He promises to pour out his spirit on every race, every tongue, and every nation. He said that when he does pour out his spirit, our sons and daughters, they will prophesy. The old men will dream dreams and our young men will see visions. I think I'm more in the dream category right now. But notice the first part of that verse. God says, then after doing all these things. What that means is that this promise is a conditional promise. God says that he will pour out his spirit after. This means we have to do something first. Basically, God says, I'm going to send revival after. Well, after what? Well, if you know the history here in the book of Joel, you'll know that when this prophecy was given, the nation of Israel was knee-deep in sin. They'd all but turned their back on God. So God sends Joel, and he gives Joel a message to get the people back on track. Here is what God instructs Joel to have the people do. Joel chapter 1 and verse 14. He says, announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. He calls them to fast 
and to pray. Joel chapter 2 and verse 12 says, this is what the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting and weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Again, the call to fast and to pray. And verse 15, blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem, announce a time of fasting, call the people together for a solemn meeting. God was calling his people to fast and to pray. And if they did that, then after would come. God would pour out his spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is healing, there is renewal, there is peace, there is joy, there is forgiveness, and there is hope. When you are walking in the then after, you are walking in miracle territory, and from what I have seen and from what I have experienced, then after only comes when you fast and pray. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we read the story of a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. He was in a critical situation. He was a God-fearing king who found himself surrounded by a very powerful army. Barring a miracle, he is going to be wiped off of the map. He literally had no hope against this army, against this enemy. So he's facing a problem with no hope. It looks impossible let me ask you are you facing a problem like that right now perhaps you're in here this morning and you've received a bad report from the doctor maybe you have a child that's gone astray maybe your marriage is failing whatever it might be basically you you are in here this morning and you have a problem that's bigger than you are any of you facing a problem that's bigger than you right now because Jehoshaphat was and look at what he does Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3 says Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. He's terrified and he begs, he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Again, it says he was terrified. He didn't know what to do. So the people fasted and the people sought God's help. They fasted and they prayed. All of Judah fasted. Even the women and the children, they fasted. They desperately needed to know God's plan to defeat this enemy. In the midst of that assembly of fasting people, God sends them a prophet. They begin to fast and God responds. This fast gets the attention of heaven and look at what God tells them in verse 15 he said listen all you people of Judah and Jerusalem listen King Jehoshaphat this is what the Lord says do not be afraid don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Don't, don't, in other words, don't be discouraged by what you see. I understand the problem looks bigger than you. I understand you feel like you have no hope, but don't be discouraged by what you see. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
And some of you need to know that this morning. The battle you're facing right now is not yours. Don't be discouraged by what you see. The battle belongs to the Lord. Then he goes on in verse 16 and says, Tomorrow march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the, at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Sometimes God just asks us to stand. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And we read, if you read on, you read that God gives them great victory. They didn't even have to fight. God fought for them. The battle took one day, and God not only delivered them, he also prospered them. He prospered them so much that we read it took three days to carry off of the spoil. It was a miracle. Back in December of 2012, I was on the staff as the children's director at a very large church in Phoenix. We had a man on staff, he's still on staff there, by the name of Pastor Saeed, and he was and still is the prayer pastor for the church. He's a great man of God. He's one of those men that if he says, God, God said this, I believe it. He's a man that, he was the man that prayed over me after we accepted the position here in Green Bay, and God gave me the vision of the hurting people laying on the streets, and I would lift them up, and I've told you that before. He was just a great man of God. Anyway, we're in a staff meeting just before Christmas, and Pastor Saeed, as the prayer pastor, was asked to challenge the staff with something going into 2013. So he begins to speak of his journey and how every year for the past several years, he would start the year with a 40-day fast. He would, sec- he would sometimes do a second one in the fall, but he would start every year with a 40-day fast, January 1st to February 9th. He went on to tell us that all throughout the Bible, the number 40 represents cleansing and purifying. The flood in Noah's day took 40 days to cleanse the earth of wickedness. Moses' life can be summed up in three different seasons of 40. He spent 40 years in Egypt. He spent 40 years in the desert. And then he spent another 40 years delivering to the people and bringing the people, the people of God out of Egypt into the promised land. He also fasted for 40 days on two occasions. The first time when he was receiving the law of God in the form of the Ten Commandments. And the second time as he was interceding for the sin of the people. When Jonah was sent to Nineveh, he gave the people of that city 40 days to repent or expect judgment to come. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 5 says, The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast, and they put on burlap to show their sorrow. The king of Nineveh called for the entire land to fast. Verse 7 says this, Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all the violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Their humility, their repentance, their worship is seen by God, and they're rewarded with mercy instead of judgment. 
After defeating 450 prophets of Baal and ordering their execution, Elijah fled to the desert to escape the threats of Jezebel. God sends an angel to him to feed him and to watch over him as he rested. When he had eaten the meal the angel prepared for him, he went the next 40 days without food. He fasted 40 days. During that time, he spoke with God. He received new direction for his life. His insecurities about himself and his doubts were removed, and the oppression of the enemy was broken. Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan. Before Jesus started his public ministry in which we see all of the miracles, he was baptized, and then he immediately followed that up with a 40-day fast. There is power in fasting. Then after comes when you fast. But in addition to that, there is something about a 40-day fast that gets the attention of heaven. And as Pastor Saeed continued to talk, he began to tell us of the miracles he had witnessed in his life directly related to the 40-day fast. He said that it was the practice of the 40-day fast that completely changed his life. One of the stories he told was the birth of the prayer pavilion, or it's known as the prayer pavilion of light. It's down in Phoenix. Here's a picture of it. It's right on the side of Shadow Mountain, but we all refer to that mountain as Prayer Mountain. It's a beautiful place. You can sense the presence of God in that place. If you're ever in Phoenix, I encourage you to check this place out. It's open 24-7 for prayer, never closes. You just go in and pray and seek the face of God. But it was on the side of that mountain that God spoke to me about Green Bay. It was on the side of that mountain that my wife and I first had the vision of planning a dream center one day. It was on the side of that mountain that that was born. It was on the side of that mountain that Pastor Saeed prayed over me and I had the vision of helping the hurting here in Green Bay. But that beautiful building dedicated to prayer, it just didn't appear one day. Pastor Saeed said I, he heard from God, and so he went out and he bought an old tent. And he put that old tent right where the prayer pavilion is today. It's an old rugged tent. He said, I just started with what I had, and I fasted, and I prayed, and the hand of God moved. It was a miracle multi-million dollar building dedicated to the work of God that is now known around the world. It was a miracle. Anyway, as he's talking and he's telling us these stories, I felt God speak to me as good as I can hear God, which always isn't the best sometimes, but I, could have, I, I just knew that I knew that I knew that God spoke to me and he said, that is what I want you to do this year I want you to fast the first 40 days I want you to give the first 40 days of this year to me now understand something I'm not some spiritual giant where this is man I just did this all the time my only fast in my entire life was one 10-day Daniel fast and I thought I was going to die Ser seriously I'm not joking with you I, th I, I was I was probably the biggest grouch you've ever seen in your life during that thing it had to be, <laughs> well, security removed this lady from the front row. It had to be one of the toughest things I'd ever done in my life up to that point. Let me be the first to tell you that fasting is not on my top list of to-do things. I don't look forward to it. So when God spoke this to me, 
I knew it had to be God because my flesh don't want to do that. I knew that's not my flesh talking to me. And I know the enemy's not talking to me because he's not going to tell me to do something that's going to radically change my life. I knew it was the voice of God. And I'm going to be honest with you, it angered me a bit. So I wrestled with God on this. No way did I ever want to do a one-day fast, let alone a 40-day fast. Well, let all the spiritual people do that. I just, that's just not for me. I looked at my schedule. I said, God, I've got some things planned. Did you see this? Do you, look at my, do you see my schedule, God? I've got dinners planned. I've got things planned. A 40-day fast is going to be a bit of an inconvenience to me, God. So I told him, no, I'm not going to do that. January 1 rolls around. The feeling gets stronger. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't sleep. January 2 was the same. I felt like the Spirit of God just left me. I felt so spiritually dry. It was almost overnight. It was so quick. So guess what happened on January 3rd? I started my first 40-day fast. <laughs> We're going to discuss different types of fasts here in a moment, but I did what was called a partial fast. I ate breakfast, I ate lunch around 11 or 11.30, and then I would not eat again until breakfast the next day. I think that first year I did this fast, if I remember correctly, I, did, I lost 25 pounds over 40 days. As a matter of fact, I remember Kyla's mom coming to town towards the end of the fast, and she asked Kyla if I was all right because I'd lost so much weight so quickly. I don't lose as much now. I think my body's adapted to it. It just knows it's coming, and so it starts storing all this stuff. I don't know. But I chose this particular fast because I knew that when you choose to fast, and it, if, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to God. When you fast, if what you are fasting is a sacrifice to you, if it means something to you, that's when it means something to God. In other words, if you choose to fast a breakfast, but you don't normally eat breakfast, it's, gonna, it's not going to mean anything to God. You can't trick him. God, you see this? I'm going without food. And he's saying, well, you, do, you have for four years. The evening meal was the toughest meal for me to fast. Breakfast and lunch are easy because I'm so busy, I could easily skip them and not even miss a beat. I could still do that today. But the evening meal, I'm usually home. My wife's cooking. My wife's a very, very good cook. The smell of her cooking hits my nostrils. Furthermore, I'm home and that's when that TV's on and all them dumb pizza commercials come on. You know what I'm talking about? You know when they lift up the slice and the cheese is like 45 miles long? Give or take a mile or two, but you know what I'm talking about. But it's tough to see that when you're hungry. Those food commercials that come on have a whole new meaning when you're hungry. It was tough for me, but I knew that missing that meal would be the most difficult for me to do. That year I decided, I've told this story before, I decided to fast for a car. I needed another car, but I, we didn't have the money to purchase a car. It was a difficult thing being a one-car family in Phoenix, about a city of 4.5 million people. And I didn't really care what it looked like. I'm just like, God, give me a car. I need to get from point A to point B here to make our lives a little bit easier. So I began the fast on January 3rd. I began to pray. Towards the end of January, I started to get severe headaches in the evening. Some nights were so bad, I was in bed by 6 p.m. Ask my wife. It was tough, but I knew that in the spirit realm, things were starting to get intense. The first week of February rolls around. We get our taxes done. Come to find out, we're getting back roughly $1,500 from Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam don't like giving us too much money. He likes taking it. Now, that in itself is a miracle because typically every year we owed. And so when we got that refund that year, I was thinking that's it. 
There's our car. Thank you, God. But God said, not so fast. The next Sunday morning, true story. You can ask Kyla this. Kyla and I were meeting with our children's leaders, our children's ministry leaders, discussing the day's activity, just encouraging them. And at the end of these short meetings, I would always take prayer requests for the team. Kyla raises her hand and she asks the group that, that they would pray for us, that God would help us to run, find a good running car for $1,500. So God, that you just give them a good car for $1,500. And it was at this time one of our sweet, dear, older ladies that raises her hand, usually served in our nursery. She raised her hand and she said, Pastor, I want to pray today. I said, okay, go for it. She begins to pray and this is what she prays. She says, God... The Millers need a car. Don't give them a piece of junk. I ask God that you would give them something nice. I pray that you would give them a $20,000 car for $1,500. Amen. And as she prayed that, my hands went into my face and I thought, oh dear. To be honest, I was a bit embarrassed. I really was. Here I am supposed to be a man of faith. Supposed to believe God for the impossible, and I'm embarrassed at her request. After the first service that morning, one of our leaders that was also in that meeting pulls me aside. and He said, I knew it. I knew it. God has been telling us for months to give you our vehicle, and we have been fighting it. I just had it appraised because I had been fighting it, and I was going to trade it in. It's a beautiful, fully loaded Chevy Tahoe, and guess what the appraisal was? Twenty thousand dollars he said when she prayed that prayer i knew that i knew that i knew that we were supposed to give it to you guys so i'm going to bring you the title and the keys and here's the picture of that vehicle now at first i wasn't going to take it i said no it's difficult to take large gifts and i usually with large gifts there's usually strings attached and i've learned that over the years and if something goes wrong, it could ruin our relationship with the guy. And relationships are always more important than stuff. And I've learned that. I had another pastor talk me into it and say, this guy's not like that. There's not going to be strings attached. Don't worry about it. You can take it. He just, he's that type of a generous man. We'd never owned a vehicle that nice. Kyla had a wish list of everything that she'd love to have in a vehicle and had every single option and then some. It was just God showing off. He dropped it off on the 39th day of the fast, title of, the, of my fast, I started two days late, title in hand, and told me to keep the $1,500 because it needed a couple of new tires. It was a miracle. And I was reminded of the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 6, 33, when he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And God, I want you to know God cares about you. He cares about us enough to, to care about us that a vehicle. I mean, we can live without a vehicle. It's not that we had to have one to live. But he cares about us enough to take care of these things because he loves us. But I chose that year to seek first the kingdom of God. To put God first for the first 40 days and he responded and he responded big. I believe that year he responded so big to get my attention to show me the power of this fast because he knew one day I would be leading others in this same thing. I've done this 40 day fast for I think it's the last eight years ever since. I've done it every year and I'm probably going to do it for the first 40 days the rest of my life. 
It is by far the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, but I want to tell you the miracles that I have witnessed. Vision 2040, which we just went over, was birthed out of this 40-day fast. The miracle of our food pantry, birthed out of the 40-day fast. The miracles of our bus ministry, birthed out of the 40-day fast. Some people have asked me, what's your secret? God has blessed your church so much. The people that you are able to bless on such a mass scale, I mean, over a thousand gifts last week. People have said, you're doing things right now that others only wish for. God is moving. What is the secret? And I say, there really is no secret. Because when you sacrifice and seek first the kingdom, God takes care of the rest. And that is what he has done. I want you to know that God is always true to his word. What you're seeing in this church has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God being true to his word. I mean, I am an uneducated, poor kid born on the south side of the tracks from a broken, abusive, drug-filled home that can barely preach most days. Don't say amen to that. But I have learned that when you place yourself in the hands of Almighty God, His strength, His power is displayed despite all of your faults and weaknesses, and therefore He gets the glory. God is no respecter of persons. I don't care what family you were born into. I don't care how much money you have in your pocket. He is no respecter of persons. All of us have the opportunity to witness the move of God in our lives, but it will not come without putting the kingdom of God first. It comes at a price. God wants to move in your life. I'm going to tell you this. God wants to move in your life. God wants to pour out his spirit into your life, but it comes at a price. And that's the thing. So few are willing to pay the price. So few are willing to pay the price to see then after. What if this was the year that you experienced then after? 2022. What if this was the year that you became closer to God more than you ever have in your life? Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, we read this. He says, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart. That's a promise from the word of God. God says, I promise you, you will find me. You will seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. It's a guarantee. What God is saying is that if we get serious about him and we honestly search for him, you will find him. And once you find him, I guarantee you will never be the same. I have had several people in this church talking about this upcoming 40-day fast. I'm not even kidding for two months now. I have had people since the first of November telling me that they are actually excited for the first of the year, telling me what they're planning to fast for. They're excited. They're excited to fast. (laughs) Why? Because they've done it before and it's changed their life. You don't have to do this no one's going to twist your arm. No one, I'm not going to ask you. This is between you and God. Don't do this for me. If you do this for me, you're going to get frustrated very quickly because I can't do anything for you. 
This is a spiritual practice between you and God. This is for you to get closer to your creator. Not closer to me, but closer to him. I want you to experience God for yourself. Because once you experience God for yourself, you'll never be the same again. You'll look at people differently. You'll look at his work differently. Everything changes. I remember one year I got up, got up here and I talked about the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And I remember that year I told you specifically what I was fasting for. That year I wasn't fasting for anything personal. I usually don't anymore. That year, if you remember, I was fasting for you and I was fasting specifically for this church. I said I was asking God for a miracle in this church. This, this church at the time was still running in the red financially. We were barely making it. So that year I fasted that the financial burden that would, had crippled this church for years would be broken and would re, be released. I fasted that year that more souls would be added to the kingdom of God than ever before. And I still remember the day. It was in June of that year. And just so you know, the, 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 all the fasts I've done starting the year, I've only seen the miracle one time within the first 40 days. That first one, that was the only time I'd seen the miracle that I was fasting for within the first 40 days. Every other year has come later in the year. But I was asking God for a miracle, and I remember the day very, very clearly. It was in June. And I remember the Sunday morning. It was as if I walked into this place, and I'm not sure what happened, but it was like the atmosphere shifted in one day. You see, for me, there was an atmosphere of heaviness in this room. And I remember getting up here and preaching, and it felt like I was walking through quicksand. It felt like I was sinking. There was such a spirit of heaviness in here. But in that one day, that spirit of heaviness was broken, and it became a spirit of freedom and joy in this place. And I remember I felt it. And I'll never forget that morning. I was in tears sitting down there. Something has changed. And since that day, the finances have turned around and we're seeing people get saved every week. It has been nothing short of a miracle, but the miracle has only come by the hand of God. When we do our part, then after, God shows up and pours out his spirit. Then after. This year, I'm specifically fasting for the Green Bay Dream Center. We have the green light. I, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but we're going to need the hand of God to move for this thing to get pulled off. It's going to take nothing short of a miracle. This thing is, will only happen through fasting and prayer. It's only going to happen if the hand of God moves. There's nothing I can do to make it happen. We need a then-after moment. Something that will literally transform and change our city for the glory of God. There's a couple cards that have been placed on your seats this morning. I want you to grab those right now. If you didn't get these, they're going to be out. Um, they're going to be out at the, uh, the, there's a table out there with a, with a jar on it with the number 40 on, on uh, two little uh, signs. So there's going to be some out there as well. If you need this card, this big one in Spanish, these are translated in Spanish at the Spanish Hub. So just when you leave here today, make sure you go grab one. You can, you can pick that up in Spanish. 
So let me walk, let me walk you through this first of all. This, is the, this first big card, we do this every year. This first big card here says prayer and fasting. This is a three-part 40-day commitment. The first one is to pray. I challenge you, starting January 1st through February 9th, to create personal times of prayer throughout the week. Put it on your calendar. Get up earlier in the morning. Whatever that looks like, it's going to look different for everybody. Take some time in prayer. Write, start writing things down during the week. When you see that somebody's in need or somebody maybe at work is, has gotten sick or they mention to you that their, their parents are sick or they have a child, some, whatever, write those things down and then you have things to pray for during this time. Fill out a My Prayer for 2022 card so we can pray for your specific need. This card right here, it says, My Prayer for 2022. I want you to fill that out. You don't even have to put your name on it. But I want you to fill that out. And then when you leave here today, you can either A, drop it off at the hub, or B, you can take it to that table and put it in that little glass jar. We have a prayer team that's going to be praying for you, so I want you to fill that out. The next thing to do is to choose a 40-day fast. There's several different fasts on there. That's totally between you and God. You can read through those. We won't, we won't go through them. Remember the one that I typically do is called the partial but you can do it's however God is leading you. Again, this is between you and him. And if it doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to him. The next one is assemble. I want you to commit each weekend service, either in person or online. I want you to commit for the next 40 days to be in the house of God and to be in the house of God faithfully. Things are always going to come up. But I want you to, for the next 40 days, say, I'm going to be in the house of God very faithfully. And I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. On the back of this, there's different things that you can pray for. So you can even take this card. If you say, well, it's difficult for me to pray because I, I, I don't know what to pray for, take this card right here. There's, here's our prayer list. Different things that we're all praying and believing God together for for 2022. So take that as your prayer card. Again, if you need that in Spanish, go pick one up at the Spanish hub. And again... Fill one of these out. You can do it before you leave. If you want to think about this for a little bit and bring this in next weekend, you can do that as well. But we want to be praying for you for your need. Again, if it's something personal, you don't have to put your name on it. We just want to know what we're praying for and what we're believing for. We believe that you guys, I'm believing that you are going to see some miracles in your life this year. Because then after comes when we fast and pray. And I have seen it every year. So make sure that you do that. Sam, could you go ahead and come on back up? Again, this is up to you. It's between you and God. No one's going to twist your arm. No one's going to ask you. No one's going to make you do anything. If you don't do this, it doesn't mean you're any less of a Christian or anything like that. This is just, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. That's a promise from God. And the question is, how close do I want to get to God? This is something that you have to want to do or you won't make it. This is tough. Fast in 40 days is no joke. Your desire for God has to be stronger than your desire for food or you won't make it. You have to want to go after God. So I want to encourage you, church. Let's seek him together for the first 40 days of this year and just watch what he does in 2022 because I believe our best days aren't behind us I believe our best days are still in front of us and we serve the God of miracles I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes as we get ready to close out this service today Father I just want to thank you for this opportunity 
to fast and to pray together as a church. God, I know, Lord, that there's some people in this room that they need some pretty big things. They, I, they, there's no hope unless you do a miracle. But God, as your word says, then after comes through fasting and prayer. So God, today we just we lay this down at your feet. For those that are maybe wrestling with this, but they feel that prompting of your spirit that they need to do this, God, I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would just continue to speak to them into the, the days to come. Lord, and as you speak to us, Lord, and, and what we need to fast and what that looks like, and God, I just, every individual, we're all on a different different level and different things mean different things to different people and so God I just pray Holy Spirit right now that you'd even begin to speak speak to the people in this room God and maybe what you would have them to do for these next 40 days the first 40 days of 2022 and God we thank you for your promise we thank you God that you will pour out your spirit we thank you God that you pour out your spirit on all flesh on all nations, all tribes, all tongues, you pour out your spirit. You are no respecter of persons. So I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to have you keep your head bowed and your eyes closed.